a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Racer X Online Las Vegas Supercross wrap-up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. We're going to take the Las Vegas Supercross. It just happened. Round 17 out of 17 of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series. It's over. It's done. It's gone. And uh, let's talk about it a little bit. Of course, uh, first up, racerxonline.com forward slash subscribe to get the latest, greatest issue of the magazine. Us talking about it the last couple of weeks have actually got us some subs, uh, according to people on Twitter. So we're going to just keep hammering that, people, because it's, it's more than race results. It's actually not very much race results at all. So please check it out. Also, Fox Racing, foxhead.com, they present this pod. Uh, Kenny Rocks and Ryan Dungey wear Fox gear. And uh, the Fox Glow and Dark gear out now, retro stuff. Uh, flex air foxhead.com visit local authorized fox dealer if they don't have fox maybe uh, go somewhere else mountain bike line as well and of course fox casual where what can you say about fox racing foxhead.com all right like i said here's the uh, wrap-up podcast and uh, first up my boss at racer x online the jason wygant what's up weege yeah 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 um, dude did you tell the big powers to be that we got some subs that, that we did it yeah, yeah, I actually did. I mean, I think we literally can count like five specifically. Yeah, five or six. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and we know of uh, somebody in the press box. I can't remember who was somebody in the press box who told me Saturday night. They're like, "When's this strip thing coming out?" Because I just subscribed. So there you go. Yeah, wait a week or so. I think it'll hit your mailbox. So oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we just <clears throat> we've been wasting our time doing a lot of magazine work and then not telling anybody about it. So we're changing our ways. Also on the line with me, uh, former Montreal Supercross champion, German Supercross champion, top privateer, now working for Western Power Sports. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not a lot. You got me excited with that uh, that comment about people not carrying that certain brand, but um, I'm, no. I'm recovered now. No, got yeah, my composure. No. They should they should carry that brand if you're a dealer, but if you don't, you know, uh, carry WPS, carry Fly Racing. Um. If you don't, call me because I will buy you something, <laughs> a drink or whatever. <laughs> something. Uh, first up, um, you guys missed the monster party. Weeds, you booked you booked a flight that night, which was ridiculous. And, JT, you didn't go, and that's, that's brutal. That's brutal. I finally got a gold bracelet, a gold <laughs> bracelet, free drinks into the VIP area. It was, it was epic. I blame your yeah, wife. there was a there was a few things at play there. I had a really early flight, and uh, I had made plans. We were, we were going to gamble and, and meet up with um, some of my VIPs and stuff after. And yeah, it just wasn't in the card. So I apologize to you for not making it. But I've I've had my fair share of monster parties. I can promise you that. I had a gold bracelet. I'm I'm happy for you. I, I really am happy for you that you got to. Go do that. It just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't in my plans this weekend. Weege, your excuse? 
uh, Pookie, it's your wife. She got on my case. So <laughs> she really did. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this is this is how your wife operates. So I'm like, uh, I'd say that it's Mother's Day, you know, on Sunday, and my wife's probably not pumped that I'm going to be hanging out in Vegas all night instead of going back. And I'm like, wait, let me just see if I can fly standby. And I'm like, oh, for 75 bucks, I can get on a 1 a.m. red eye. And she's like, you have to do it. You have to do it, dude. You have to do it. You have to go. It's Mother's Day. You have to be there. And I'm like, okay. So then I go to do it. I quickly realized there were many empty seats. And don't worry. I flew standby. I did not pay the $75. <laughs> no, no. But I did get on. Yeah. There was a guy with us from Pirelli that took a picture and tweeted it. He's like, I'm about to watch Weed spend money. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm going to take my chances. But anyway, so your wife is telling me to do it. I do it. And then I'm like, all right, I'm on the red eye. And she's like, wait, you're not coming out with us tonight? And I'm like, no, I just booked the red eye. You said I should do it. And she's like, dude, you never hang out. So she got mad at me for doing what she told me to do. Ah, it was epic. That's pretty for you, bro. Ah, gold bracelet, wave me on in. Come on in, Mr. Mathis. It was great. What? I am happy for you. I know this has been a source of strife for you. (laughs) I never get the cool wristbands, ever. My experience with those monster parties is that it's just ear-bleeding levels of music, and you can't even do anything or talk or see at all. It's just loud and dark, and it wasn't like no, that. No, no, it was not. Yes, that is my past experience also. Uh, no, this was uh, – it was loud, but it was it was enough. You could have a conversation. It was an upper level, so it wasn't – you know, you weren't uh, – you didn't get blasted by the um, – the sounds of the DJ over and over. So you could have a conversation. There were some private rooms too, where like Chad was and these guys, you could go in there. It was pretty quiet in there. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, it was all right. It was okay. And I had a gold bracelet. Wow. Not, not green. No, not green and not black gold. Now Whoa. had dirt shark seen me chance ability that he tells the bouncer to turf me. Pretty, pretty high. He's always been there for monster. He's always been there for monster. <laughs> even if I'm, even if I'm, as I'm getting bounced, I'm yelling, "I love Eric Johnson, I love EJ." <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have mattered. There was a was there like a rooftop party for RV. Was that in Vegas one year? I, yeah, he's won so many titles, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a roof. It was in um, Aria, I think. Aria, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was cool. Yeah, it was an invite yeah, only was- thing, right? It was on a roof, yeah, outside on a rooftop, and uh, that was pretty fun. I remember his wife. I remember his wife saying, "No pictures, no pictures to me." And I'm like, "What, what do I look like? TMZ? Do I have a camera on my neck? <laughs> what, like, what do you think I'm going to go run around take a picture of everybody throwing up in potted plants? Like, I'm, I'm going to be one of those guys. I'll be throwing up in potted plants." Um, so did you? How big did you go? Four thirty. No. Yeah. Wow. That was good. Wow. It was yeah yeah. Except I was told the goal. Well, I'm, typical me, I'm going to complain. But um, I got the gold one, and then I had a black one I gave to Donk, our, our buddy Donk. And I said, well, you got to pay for drinks with the black one, but this gold one is all free. And he's like, well, you need to get me drinks. And I'm like, no, I got a gold one. I earned it. I'm getting mean pookie drinks. And uh turns out the black one got free drinks too. Or only till a certain time, or I don't know. It's very confusing, but anyway. You say you earned it? What's that? You earned it. That's what you told him. I earned it. I don't know. Did I say that? I don't know. You said, "Yeah, I had the gold one. I earned it." Yeah, I did earn it. Yeah, I did. Okay. My friendship. All the all those years of backing Monster. <laughs> back Monster. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just don't back the videos. Um. Anyway, right. so it was fun. It was a good time. Vegas. So it's gone. And we we were talking before the 
before the day time that, um, man, this season went fast. It really did. Yeah. 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 I mean, even if you count the Nationals, we're, what, almost two-thirds of the way through the entire racing calendar. Yeah. Crazy. JT, what about you? Did it go fast for you? I don't feel like it did. I feel like it went just uh normal time no not you know it didn't drag but it didn't okay. go you know right. i don't i don't look back and I'm like man holy cow it's already over I, I felt like there were okay you know in the middle point i was kind of like man it's it's been a long season already and then you know i think it was just kind of weekend to weekend um mm-hmm. but yeah i'm definitely ready for a change i can i can promise you that yeah yeah it just seemed like it went by really fast i don't know um we had a mutter now i live here in vegas that rain was pretty good but it does happen you know five to ten times a year like that and it's awesome when it happens by the way i open the windows because it's just glorious glorious rain um and the smell and everything else so i'm I'm stoked when it does that except when i'm at a race in vegas um we the their jt i'll start with you that was really bad like the, <laughs> that was about 30 minutes and the track was flooded like flooded yeah that was uh that's worst case scenario you know i think they have this <laughs> weather issue completely covered uh well i guess pardon the pun there uh but the only thing that can really derail the supercross weekend is once the 12 o'clock hour hits or even past that you know whatever time if they're expecting rain when they pull the tarps after that if it rains there's nothing they can do i mean they're they're completely at the mercy of the weather uh unfortunately you know being Vegas, I don't think there was a huge uh, concern. Even if it rained, they didn't think it would do a lot. No. Uh, almost they probably, you know, wouldn't even mind a bit of rain, um, you know, maybe in the late afternoon. But not like that. You know, the, the tarps were off, and we got, you know, we got a deluge of rain with hail. And, and, I mean, we got a real storm that blew through there. So it's the worst-case scenario for the, for the you know, uh. track crew and the promoters and everyone every everyone involved as far as uh, the course because there's no stopping it at that point you're just at the mercy of, of the climate if, I, if i'm geico and i'm star yamaha and you know the only two titles that are going down to the wire here in a uh, combined east west i would have been pooping my pants like that it all worked out as we all know and we'll talk about that but oh man jeez yeah been, you're just yeah you're just hoping for a normal race because if it's normal race, those guys are, you know, I know Webb was dealing with an injury, which we'll get into, but those guys are going to be fine in a normal race. They can just go out, put their laps in. And that's, you know, that's all, that's all she wrote. But when you throw in the weather, you just up the ante for anything going wrong. Um, bike mechanicals crashes, first turn pile. I mean, everything, oh, everything becomes more likely at that point. And, and really just for a weekend, you're just praying for one weekend to go normally and then that happens. So I, I, I agree with you. I would think that was worst case, um, you know, conditions for them. Now, some some good guys didn't make the main, but I thought we'd see some heavy hitters not make the main. You know, Osborne had to go to the LCQ. He did his job, uh, dominated that race. But um, I was like, oh, there's going to be some guys, like you know, falling in. But everybody kind of made it. Everybody was all right. And and in the main, um, Mookie. Mookie rode great. Won his heat, and then Weege in the main, he just got the start, and he looked totally in control, 100% confident, um, no real mistakes, and Mookie just rode it home. Well, yeah, it was really about that start because I'm sure what everyone was most worried about, you know, the, the mud race, like JT said, just throws in these variables you cannot control, and it pretty much begins with, oh, what if you get in a first-turn crash? 
and then your grips are muddy or something gets bent or broken. And then, of course, the way the stadium, the lay of the land just happened to be, where did the most water end up pooling in the very first turn? Like, it was – how was it even possible? A dead flat stadium floor, and it was a lake. It was waste. Well, deep. it was not dead flat, apparently. <laughs> apparently not. Yeah, there was a dip going in and out of the stadium that no one knew was there. So, yeah. I cannot believe they fixed it up. Uh, they did a good job. Yeah, they did a good job. Was there, uh, yeah, he was taking a picture. He took a picture about an hour apart, and it went from lake to, you know, it looked dry. Obviously, it was muddy, but there wasn't standing water in about an hour. But you just knew that first turn would just be slopping, like the chances of you locking the front wheel up or somebody next to you doing that and going down. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's what happened to Jeremy Martin. Yeah. Like, he had no chance. Like, he was his title, his title for slim. But as soon as he got into that first turn, it was gone. He was stuck forever, and that could have happened to anybody. Well, props to Mookie, man. 250 East Coast yeah. champion. Rode great. Like, looked in control. He even let Osborne by, you know what I mean? So he might have been on the box. Uh, he didn't have to worry about any of that, and he looked he looked fantastic. Because um, it was bad. It was really bad, JT. Like, it reminded me of San Fran, 08, 07, 06. Yeah, it was bad. I yeah. think uh, that dirt in general, it just doesn't handle water at all. You know, it pulls up and then, you know, the the base is so hard that it just turns into water. So then they pumped the water out and got it somewhat manageable. You know, when we when we walked up there for the, you know, before opening ceremonies, it wasn't too terrible looking, right? Right. Um, and then the, those first heat races, you know, they were blitzing the loops and doing some pretty good stuff on the track there. Well, it was raining. Well, it was raining during yeah, those Yeah, and then it started raining yeah. again. Yeah. And that's when it all went sideways. So <laughs> I think had the night rains not come, we would have been okay. Yeah. It wouldn't have been great. Don't get me wrong. It wouldn't have been great, but they would have kept working on it. They would have kept getting better and better and better. But when it started raining at night, I just kind of threw my hands up and said, all right, well, this is just going to be terrible then. Yeah. Fine. Fine. If that's the way you want to be, you know, I was just kind of speaking out loud to who knows, you know, whatever, the weather gods. But I was like, fine, you want to make it a mess? Let's just make it a mess then because it was it was just done at that point. Now, Webb's, uh, Webb admitted, well, Jenny Taft, I didn't watch the race yet. I didn't got to do that today. Did, did Jenny Taft get it from Webb that uh, he hurt his, he's hurt his navicular scaphoid? Yeah, I don't know where the report came from. Okay. We, just, we just had uh, well, our because, buddy Chase Dallas say, hey, just, just said it on TV. Because he um, he admitted he, in the press conference he said he was not hurt. And, and we were mistaking him uh, with somebody else. And that's so lame. Yeah. It's so lame to say that. God, I like Cooper. But come on, bro. You know? So just be like, if you don't want to say too much, be like, ah, I banged it. I'm dealing with it. We're working with You know what I mean? Be some super vague guy. Don't deny it. It's like when Roxanne denied he broke his arm or hurt his arm and then tweeted a photo of him in the cast, you know, months later. And, and us, media outlets, we take the brunt of this for being, you know, wrong or everything else. And we're like, we're not wrong. So oh, We were getting hammered on that Roxanne one. Well, I just, we're not yeah. wrong, you know, and we're right. And, and why the guy's got to lie, I get it. It's a mental game. JT, you've raced at that level. I get it. But just say, just be vague. Just be Mr. Vague. And we're fine. Well, and the funny thing is he's not hiding it from anyone. You know, him saying that, do you really think that Savaccio is like, oh, well, he must be good then? No, of course not. Like, it doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth. Say no. And then you show up with a brace on, you know, like, come on, bro. No, I know. Anyways, uh, he fell on it and he almost lost the title. It was close. Although it wasn't we just close as it looks on paper. Look, uh, Aldrich crashed uh, the last lap and. I hear he's going to be out for a while, so hopefully get well soon. Chris, a hip injury or something along those lines. Um, but 
Webb needed 12th if Savachi won. Now, Savachi was gone, checked out, great ride. Webb was in 12th, but Davalos was right in front of him, and he had a pretty good gap to 13th until, like, the last lap when he'd moved into 11th, so it didn't matter anymore when Oldenburg was coming up. So, we like, in those laps 14, 15, 16, 17, when he was 12th, he had a good gap. It wasn't – everything was still fine. What surprised me was uh, when I talked to Webb after the race that he actually knew exactly what was going on. I, I was half – when he came across the finish, he started pumping his fist, and I was I was half expecting him to not even know what was going on. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times in those mud races, you're just – you don't know what position you're in, you can't see, you're not able to keep tabs on the leaders because Savaggio is probably three-quarters of a track ahead. I think at one point he was almost laughing at him, wasn't he? Didn't he lap him? Savaggio says no. I thought he was going to lap him. No. Uh, yeah, he lapped him, didn't he? No, you know what? He didn't. He, no, no, he did not lap him. He uh, saw him. He was in the next straightaway, but he did not lap him. Because I remember you and I talking about that. Like, oh, dude, if Savaji sees himself lapping Webb, he's going to start freaking out and wondering what position he's in. Right. Savaji's like, no, Savaji told me he never saw him. Oh, okay. But anyway, but anyway, and then we also know, I, I know fans will listen to this saying, oh, the riders have pit boards. They know what's going on. We know that. What's the percentage these days of Supercross tracks where they even see the pit board? Are we down to less than half now? Yeah, probably. So they don't even. Probably. But, uh, and then you're talking about math, which is really not the specialty of anyone in this sport. Um, so I was really impressed that Webb, he said they went over it all week. He knew exactly all the scenarios, what would need to happen. And he said every lap he looked at the pit board that had exactly what was going on on it. He knew where Savaji was. He knew where he was. He knew he could probably – really hammer down and try to get Davalos if he needed to. So he he was in control uh, the whole time, which I didn't expect. These things mm-hmm. aren't usually yeah. – on the outside, it seems very easy. Like, oh, he'll just read the tape board now he's at 11th and he's good. It doesn't usually work that way. So props to that him and his team for having that all figured out. JT, did you think he was going to lose it, or were you – what were your thoughts when that thing was going on and Savachi had over a 30-second lead? I thought he was going to be okay because I was counting the points, you know, and then they had on the big screen – they had the points as it was going to. You were listening to Irv, so it was all okay. No, well, they had a, they had a live, live yeah. point stream going on the big screen. So I saw once they were tied, I knew he had the tiebreaker, and yep. then Oldenburg was way back. I mean, Oldenburg was probably 15 seconds or more back mm-hmm. of Webb. And I, I knew that you know Webb would have people telling him that just hold your position and you're plus 15. They, they would have a way to get that info to him, I think. Uh, something relevant, like all you have to do is kind of stay in your spot there. And I think Webb, with adrenaline, if he actually absolutely had to go, I think he could have gone faster. You know, he, if Oldenburg's he, catching him, he there's told, no uh, way he's not going to go faster. Yeah, he told you that, right, Reed? He's like, I could have got Davalos. Yeah, that's what he said. He, yeah. And he was close to Davalos the whole time, so I believe that. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah I mean, he was doing the, the bare minimum of what he had to do because I, I really do think he was in a lot of pain. Um, so it's just one of those things where, okay, yeah, the, the result doesn't look good, but just tell me what I have to do to get through this thing because I'm literally dying out here. So he saw that and it, ended, it didn't even end up being that close. Um, yes, it looked close on paper, but when you looked at where the guys behind him were, um, I think he was just riding at a pace where there was absolutely no chance he was going to crash. Well, even if that, the race was shortened to 12 laps and it, all the races were shortened. I, I agree with that, by the way, were you guys all fine with that? You were good. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think they had to for yeah. TV, right? I mean, I, you know, um, whatever. I, so I don't think the mud was. I, I think the they could have gone the full distance on laps with the mud. It was yeah. just the the time frame. I think Oldenburg would have got Webb in another lap or two, but but he still would have been twelfth and had a huge gap, you know, 
Yeah. Because Subaros was coming, then he's tipped over. and I mean, it wouldn't have taken much for Webb to tip over in the whoops and not be able to start his bike right away or something and lose it. But nah, he looked he looked like he could ride that for a while. You know, he was yeah, okay I think he was that. going so slow to make sure that didn't happen, you know, that, right. because if you, if you just even up your pace 5%, every percent that you go faster, you're taking a chance, you know? So I think he was just like, if I go this speed, there's no way I'm crashing. You know, I'm but, literally just cruising around here. But JT, I've uh, written and, some bad mutters as of you. And sometimes mm-hmm. when you're trying to be cautious is when mistakes happen, when you're like, I'm just going to tiptoe around this corner. Ah, oh, shit. There goes my front wheel. You know? Yeah. I don't so. think it, you know, honestly, I don't think in the main event that it was that muddy. Like it was muddy. Don't get me wrong. It was yeah. muddy, but yeah. it wasn't well, the whoops. The whoops were the whoops were the worst. Where you can't even control your front wheels going yeah. tight muddy. The whoops were bad. Other than that, they were. I think they you're right. Yeah, yeah, the whoops were bad. Um, I was actually surprised at the overall, the overall um, lack of mud riding skills by a lot of dudes. What about you, JT? Like some guys, oh, they looked terrible. Now I've never <laughs> yeah. raced Supercross, so. You know, maybe I'm not one to, you know, sit here and talk, but there were some really good guys where I'm like, really? Like, really? <laughs> Just, yeah, can't. it was tough. You know, you know <laughs> how it is with mud, and, and you know this very well, too, is that when you make one mistake and you either get, you know, mud on, your, on the butt of your pants, you can't grip anything, or you get mud on your hands, so you can't really hold onto the bars. It seems like everything starts to go sideways yeah. in a hurry after that. Um, and then once your tires pack up with mud, you lose all your grip, too, so... One thing kind of compounds the other, and it seems like once they fell over or did made one mistake, then they just continued. And the guys that didn't fall ever, they kept their tires clean, they kept their hands clean, they kept you know they kept firm grip on the bike, and they were able to ride normally. But in those qualifiers, you could you could see guys kind of pushing the envelope, and they'd make a mistake, and then it was just like well, all hell would kind of break loose. I get it, but like again, I'm not a pro rider, but like stand up in the whoop, stand up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, go slow. And stand up and go up through the whoops, and you'll be all right. Dudes just couldn't seem to do that. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I was blown away. I'm like, it's well, a lot the, easier the if you stand down up. Thing is to be able to, you know, if you make a mistake, to be able to put your foot down right away. Yeah, but so. that's how you make mistakes more. Your feet are off and you're sitting down. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know. Like that, to me, if you're gonna do go through the whoops, um, go through them standing up, and go, you know, just back on the back of the bike, and just slowly go through them. I don't know. I guess it's easier said than done from the press box, but well, and the other thing too with with sitting is you are able to keep all the weight on the front tire to have some grip. So I know what you're saying, but I think they weren't doing it just because they you know they don't know what they're doing. I think there there's a reason that they were trying to keep weight on the front and and have some sort of directional control with the front and they can put their foot down easier and lots of things. But if you're trying to go fast, and I agree with you, need to stand up. So it's kind of you know screwed one way or the other. If you're, if you're going to go slow and not crash, you need to sit. If you're going to try to go fast, you need to stand. We just, something lost a little bit uh, was uh, Aaron Plessinger, his ride. Wow. Dude, I didn't, I, I watched a little of the TV show. I did not realize he, he actually had to stop in the mechanics area at one point. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it looked like he was out of the race. He had to get off the bike, and I, don't, I think they were working on maybe the shifter or something. Okay. Because uh, all I knew is, yeah, everyone thought, Oh, uh, if he's going to win this race, and how lucky is he? But I mean, the chance—it didn't really matter. I mean, the chances of Mookie getting 11th were, were pretty slim. So I wasn't really thinking like Plessinger's going to win the title, but I did think he might win the race. And then he was so far back, I'm like, well, it's not working out. But then, holy crap, where did he come from? Like, where did he come from? He went from the mechanics area, and he 
almost got third. I mean, he was battling with Mookie right down to the line, and your little whoop theory there, you can see it on display as the very last lap. I mean, he made up probably five seconds on Mookie in the whoops in the last lap. Just well, going for it. Scott Plessinger, bro. Yeah. Scott Plessinger. Best mud rider in the world. He's dead. <laughs> yep. We just, love that. We just, I just, I just, I think it's a bold claim, and you're not, uh, you're not scared. <laughs> well, I actually threw it at him. He was not scared either. Yeah, you you asked Scott about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him. I saw him when it was raining. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Matthew and I joke around because I've heard people say he's the best mud rider in the world, and he just kind of like, yeah, didn't didn't really react, didn't deny it. was like, uh, like yeah, it's like saying, hey, Mathis, I hear you like to eat a lot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just took it in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else is new? I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, dude. GNCC is like half the season there are mud races. There are three hours of mud races. His dad, I'm sure, is yeah. pretty good in mud. That's all I'm saying. How about Bowers sending his bike off into Dan Bentley after the finish? Oh. So wait, what was the Aldridge crash? That was not Aldridge. That was, that was a week. That was the lap before on the last lap. And I think he crashed. He didn't crash off the side or, or, or sort of off the landing slash side where Bowers went like right off kind of the right side, like 90 degrees off. I think. So there was like a pro circuit Cowie a magnet or something there. So um There was genuine concern. I don't know JT from your end of the press box, but yeah, we saw a bike go over the side and then there's a bunch of people standing next to that bridge and I mean there was genuine concern that someone was really hurt down there because it's not like they're wearing helmets, you know, and probably got blindsided. Did that was commotion. I was worried for a moment. Yeah, it didn't look good. That's for sure. And yeah. Bikes coming from 20 or 30 feet up, landing on unprotected humans, generally turns out poorly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I feared the worst. So I ran down there to get uh, interviews with Webb and Mookie and everybody, and then I see Dan Bentley walking up with like a scowl slash bewildered, confused look on his face and a bandage on his arm. And luckily it's like him. He's probably one of the tougher dudes down there, so. Yeah, um, there was so, the, so Aldridge is down, getting medical attention. Dan's down. I think a camera guy was down. Bowers is down on the top. There's a cowie there. Chaos, I imagine, if you were right standing there. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. Um, uh, what? So we're all in favor of this East-West thing. Like, keep it going. Add some more, right? I mean, it's great. Touch your subject on the line right now. What's that? What? A lot of a lot of dissent online about this deal. Come on. Can people not be happy with anything? <laughs> I'm just telling you. What about Christmas? Do they like Christmas and Easter or no? They're not happy about that either. Um, um yes. depends on yeah, I well, people it's, use Xmas, so depends on how you feel about that. It's 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 fine. It's awesome. It's great. Do some more of these. Make Minneapolis Make Minneapolis one of them, you know? Make Dallas one of them. I think they finally them. got it. You know, the, the previous formats have had a compromise one way or the other when they started mm-hmm. making the main events and then a shootout. It was exciting for the title, but then the shootout became a virtually, virtually nothing. No one paid any attention. Then they went back to no points last year, and that was just boring. Uh, I thought this was perfect. Mm-hmm. The shootout still means something. The titles mean something. And uh, it wasn't too hard to keep track. It wasn't like we were completely lost up there. Like, there's two things at once. I can't tell what's going on. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, JT, um, Colt Nichols, um, he led a lap, and he was fast. And if you look at the guys that he we, – we've talked about his West Coast rides all season long, and they've been great. And in a field of stacked and in a muddy race, uh, the kid from Oklahoma was good again. So he, he beat Yeah, Bow- he ended up yeah. sixth. 
yeah. Beat Bowers, Craig, and Davalos, and Webb, and uh, Oldenburg, and J-Mart. J-Mart was fast, too, by the way. J-Mart was fast, but... Yeah, I yeah. actually thought Nichols was going to win the race, and I saw him after um, at the Hard Rock, just gambling, everybody's hanging out, and... Uh, I was at the Monster I really, Party. You know, I was at the Monster Party. Yes, I yeah. know. Okay. I had to actually go back and look at the results, because I wasn't exactly sure where he ended up, and I... He must have crashed or had some problems because I really thought he was going to win when he when he got into the lead there. And, uh, you know, Savachi did end up winning. But Nichols, you're talking. And I, yeah, I thought Nichols. Cole Nichols had a chance to really steal that first win. Yeah. Yeah, no secret. He'll be uh, on star next year, right? Is that the word? Is that what we hear? He's going to just move on, moving on up to star? I've not heard oh. either way. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome to see. So let me ask you this, Weech. So Webb. Webb is going to 450s now. He is a two-time 250 Supercross champion. Um, well, first of all, let me let me back up. Do any of us think that Webb just goes 12 rounds of the outdoors? No. JT? I don't expect to see him at any of them. Oh, okay. I, th- I think he'll try. I think he'll try and then sur- sh- soon pull out, right, with his injury. But, yeah, maybe. So we got... So none of us think that. So, okay, so he's not going to win the 250 motocross title. Okay, now, Weege, we've seen guys, Blake Baggett, Dean Wilson, some of these guys come up that have won one national title and they haven't been, hadn't made huge marks in the 450 class. Now we have Webb, but then we have guys, okay, so RV and and uh, RV and James and Dungy and Tomac, uh, they're all 250 uh, Supercross, Motocross champions. J-Mart's not won a Supercross title and is moving up. So we're in a really unique spot here where we all think Webb's going to be great. And we're not sure about J-Mart, but he's got two 250 Motocross titles, maybe another right. one coming. It's what I'm, My question is, is like, I don't think that that kind of matters for Webb. Like he, he's gonna go, if you look at the history books, you're supposed to win a national title to be great, to be an all-timer. But I'm not so sure it matters for Webb. No, and I think that's part of the reason we're saying what we're, we're, we're saying. I think for some riders in different situations, you might try to tough it out with this wrist injury. But uh, he's already got – I'm not trying to insult the sport of motocross or the series that I do television for, but if you were to ask Yamaha, what's more important here? Him getting a 250 national title. And by the way, good chance Yamaha would get it anyway with J-Mart. I mean, nothing is guaranteed in racing, but they haven't. A very nice backup plan of the defending champ in the series already. But if you're to ask Yamaha, <laughs> do you take a chance on this wrist injury for three months to maybe get a 250 national title, or do you just make sure that when he's on a 450 in Supercross next year, everything's perfect? And I guarantee you they'd say, yeah, Supercross next year is worth that. Forget this thing. So that's a big difference. There's some other guys that this might be. Like I think if J-Mart was in this situation to try to go for three straight in what is his strength, he might tough it out, but I don't see when it's that classic, what do you have to gain, what do you have to lose? I mean, he's an avicular deal, dude. We've seen it. It's not something you should be messing around with in 24 motos. But Definitely messing around. But what I'm getting at is like, so Chad never won an outdoor title, but sweet Jesus, he was going against Bubba, and he was much better than everybody else, right? And he only raced it one year. and never. But other than Chad, who you could make a case that he probably should have a national title, uh, if he'd stayed another year or wasn't racing against Jesus on a KX125, uh, everybody's got a national title. 
that is an is an all timer. A two one twenty five. Yeah, one twenty five two fifty. And and Webb no, won't, right. and Webb won't have that. And I don't know if it matters. No. I, he might break he might no, break this trend. This trend. Uh, if he has the success that people are expecting him to have on a 450, uh, I don't think it'll matter. So I think that's what everybody's banking on right now. There's no reason to potentially sacrifice his future to try to win this. It's not going to affect him uh, long term. Now, I mean, that's unfortunate. You know, I, I think in the uh, – okay, if it was the March Madness NCAA tournament and a player just said, yeah, I can maybe tough it out for my school and try to win the title, but uh, I'm going to the pros next year, uh, fans would be puking. Over that, yeah. but that's just how this sport works. It's not a knock on Cooper; it's just the way it goes. JT, what do you think about? I mean, Webb's. Does Webb have a chance to be Tomac, Rocks, and Dungy now? Without a national yeah, title, I mean, you know. Yeah. As far as going into next year, just his future, his career. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Um, he does for sure. He does. You know, I think uh, not having an outdoor title, I, I, I get it. Like that's a you know strike against him, but. Uh, you know, Supercross titles speak much more loudly. You know, if he goes into the 450 class and, and wins Supercross titles and outdoor titles and all that, eh, it's really not that big of an indictment, in my opinion. Uh, look at McGrath. You know, he's widely regarded as number one or number two, depending on your perspective of all-time riders. Wow. And he didn't win outdoor, you know, 125 outdoor really all that much. You know, he he moved up pretty quickly, he, and it wasn't really a factor for him. He won two, I think, two outdoor nationals on, on 125s. Right, exactly. So I'm just saying it, it it can be done, but you know it's it's certainly a feather in your cap if you have them along with all of the other yeah. accolades. I'm just saying when you look at these dudes and what they've done, and Webb's coming up with a zero next to a motocross title. So, but yeah, would, who who would you say has all of the hype going into the going into his future though, J Mart or Webb? Because I would say Webb. Yeah, no Webb. Yeah, uh, no. I uh, listen. I'm. So. We just reminded me that I was on the Webb bandwagon before I even knew it. I forgot I was on the Webb bandwagon. With you, the, were. you were. With the you watch thing. Yeah. So uh I forgot about that. But yeah, no, he's gonna be great for sure. He's got that right attitude. he's got got a, he's got the attitude a little bit that you need. He's got the skills. Listen, him. all you all you really need to do to look at this is look at the the clamoring for who was going after Webb and who was going after J Mart. I, I don't on these deals. Yeah, I don't necessarily I get it. I don't count that JT though necessarily because no, there's a lot. I'm, of, I'm saying there's a lot of who, more, do you, who do these companies think will be the next you know, quote of, unquote next guy? There's a lot of you know morons in the pits. So I'm okay. Not, well, I'm just yeah. saying if if you took a consensus, yeah, of he, who he's the guy. people think will yeah. be next between those two, right. then that's just another you know right. more evidence to the opinion. Right. So that's yeah, interesting to see how it, how he ends up in his legacy, Cooper Webb, without an outdoor title. We just everybody. Hey, one thing I thought was interesting, by the way, is that uh, yeah, the attitude and everything is 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 certainly something that helps him most of the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, dude, he wasn't even he wasn't even pumped when this is over. It was just hell on earth. I think he was just like really trying to get out of there. Yeah, yeah I mean, there was an I, I didn't even really see him smile. I mean, I'm sure he was hurting bad. He was probably stressed out and pissed about how everything turned out. You know, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to go out with an 11th place finish, struggling in the mud with a broken wrist. Um, I mean, you didn't see any of the. Tra- <laughs> He's kind of got a rep now of being pretty brash and outspoken. I think he was just like, "Let's get this title and let's get the hell out of here." It wasn't like Mookie, where it was like this all-time moment. This was uh, more relief. Um, this <laughs> does Mookie Weech does Mookie get a factory 450 ride next year? You know, this actually relates to what we're talking about with Webb. And what I'm saying is, 
in this sport, Supercross, 450 Supercross, that's the, that's the dog. Everything else is just the tail. I mean, that's really what it all comes down to. So Mookie, who may or may not also be racing. Sure I tell, too, I'll make right? sure I tell Davey Coombs that. Hold on. I'm just going to text him right now. I mean, I'm, okay. yeah. Hold Go on. ahead. I mean, <laughs> joking. It, it is what it is. I agree with you. Well, uh, yes. No, it's true. I mean, when we even talk about, it's awesome to compare the nationals to the GPs, say, and say that all these guys like Roxanne or Tortelli or whoever you want to talk about came over here. But the nationals were something they did, but they came over because Supercross is where it's at, right? So we might have a situation, oddly, where both of these regional champs don't even race nationals this year. I'd say it's probably better. Yeah, More likely than it uh, is. Yeah, right. Yeah, do, do you but, think uh, JT? Do, hold on, JT. Do you think Mookie does nationals? Because I don't, and neither does Weech. I don't know. Okay, I think right. uh, I think we'll see him at Monster Cup too. Right. Okay. Same as same as Webb. Right. Yeah, but bottom line is, we know Mookie has skills, and everyone assumes he'll be even better on a 450 just because of his size and the few times you see him on it. For whatever account says, uh, Red Bull straight rhythm where we almost beat his brother straight up. I think that's just impossible to ignore. So it doesn't matter where other holes in their game might be. If you're a guy who can show tremendous speed on a 450 in Supercross, you're going to be cashing in all day long. So I think Mookie's going to be fine. So you say he does get a factory? Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. I mean, I could, if for some reason it backfired, remember he's in a good spot because everybody's deals are up. It's not like where Bogle was a year ago mm-hmm. where there just weren't any openings. Right. But, uh, so that helps him too. But, I mean, whatever. Worst case scenario, maybe Geico rolls out this program again. Which is still a factory bike. I, he's going to be fine. I don't think they do. They're trying to get out of that everywhere they can. No, I know they always try to, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I think Mookie brings a lot to the table. He's sponsorship-wise, he's very popular. Um, I think he's now proven to be, you know, pretty good to work with. We used to debate if it was if it was worth dealing with some of the drama that comes along with the stewards to, to deal with him. But I don't think that's been an issue um, with Geico. So. Yeah, I think I think those guys have been pretty happy with everything. But I know other teams have told me I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, they're not. Sure, they don't know that the Geico guys are like, yeah, it's fine. You know, whatever. So right. Um, I hate the what do you like. Think, JT? Think he's okay? Think he's going to be in a good spot next year? I think so. I think he's got some hype behind him, and I think he he translates to a four he translates to a four fifty very well. I mean, we saw him get a podium in the outdoor championship. What? Two or three years ago on a four fifty, four fifty buds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think uh, I think he'll do really well. I, if if he was, or if I was a team and ha- and had some budget, he would be on my short list because I think he's capable of pushing the pace. Uh, the I think he can run the lead pace. To be honest with you, and the four fifty will be a, an added benefit to him. You know, versus uh, maybe a liability for a guy like uh, J Mart. I can't stand though that the. I can't stand that Mookie's not going to do the outdoors, and it's and the team's probably fine with it. I hate that the, that's where we're at. Like I don't like it. That that sucks. So give a little background here just to explain, because I'm sure people are like, "Why isn't he?" So let's just. Well, I don't why. know why. I don't know why. I really don't know why. Oh, <laughs> well, he originally came on as I mean, really just a fill-in for Supercross, to be honest, and then he had those physical issues like kidney problems in the hospital, what, 2014? So I think when they brought him on for 2015, he wasn't – I don't think he wanted to race outdoors. He didn't know if he had that situation rectified. So it's kind of like all along they were just expecting him to be a Supercross-only guy. And now it's like, lo and behold, oh, wait, here we are a year and a half later. Physically, no, he, maybe you could race outdoors. But he's, contracted to, he's contracted to ride outdoors, but the team's fine with it, and Mookie's fine with it. And that's what's wrong with this world. That's what's wrong with the world where seven races, 
seven races against half the competition makes you some sort of hero. I hate that. Wait. What do you mean he's contracted to race outdoors? He's supposed to ride outdoors. He, he like They can make him ride outdoors if they want to. I heard that like even his salary is is somewhat prorated based on, say, what Hampshire or yeah, Smith. Yeah, it is. They expect those guys to race they, a whole series that he's not expected to race. Yeah, Geico got him for a good deal, but they can force him to ride outdoors. They can't. They're just not. Well, they yeah, can't force them. Well, okay, yeah, it's not. It's, Russia, it's, it's not. It's not nom, but but you know what I mean. They, they, they can they they can say, hey, let's go outdoor riding. Right, but if he right. doesn't want to, I just I'm an, I understand what you're saying, Steve. I, I just get it. I, no, but it's not it's not just Mookie. It's the industry. It's everybody. I hate it. I hate it. Eight races against half the field, and you're just writing your own ticket. It's like, bro. But if you, if you don't want somebody to, if somebody doesn't want to be out there, I I'm a believer that that's. Just, if they don't want to go, then don't you know? Don't go because it's no. It's not going to work out for anyone in that in that situation. Yeah, like I, I get it. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to go because he's not going to do well. Well, that that it goes back to just the way we are in today's day and age. Like, yeah, it, outdoors do suck. It, it does. If you're in tenth place and you're a bigger guy like Mookie and you're getting rocks and you're just eating dirt nonstop, it sucks balls. But you're a racer. That's what you do. You race. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent on that. And the same thing with where we know that Webb maybe could attempt to do this, but it's just not worth the the risk. I, I I totally agree. There'd be nothing better than the athlete saying, "I'm going to race every time I possibly can and put my balls on the line every weekend because that's what I do for a living." That's certainly the ideal situation. But I'm just reacting to like you said. We just know this industry works. Like Mookie will, his stock could not be any higher than it is now. No team is going to force him to ride. So why will he? And yeah, the same no, thing with, with Webb. So yeah, yeah, I'm not, it might be dumb, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, I'm not coming down on Mookie, on Geico. I, I, this is just where we're at, and it's all dumb. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we heck, we live in a world where half the deals in a lot of years are made even before Hangtown even starts. You know, so it just gives you an idea, and I will never understand that. <laughs> and half the time it doesn't work when dudes sign way early on bikes they haven't ridden or bikes that change. But here we are. Um, you know, a few years ago, Ernie, when Ernie was riding, he was put down to the 125 class on a Honda. He didn't, from what I understand, he didn't really want to do it. You know, he was a full-time 250 Supercross guy getting podiums, and then they're like, yeah, go to 125 Outdoors. We need a guy out there. And, you know, he, he ate dirt all summer and got, like, six and fifths and whatever. Like, he probably – but that's what he – he gets paid to race, so he goes. That's what, he, that's what, you, that's what you do. So, anyways. Um, so, it sounds like Geico's going to put Charbonneau on the bike, Weech, this amateur kid. Do you, do you know that? At Geico? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Okay. I'll look into this. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So, okay. Um, let's move on to the KJSC. I was surprised they ran them. It didn't go well. And I think that, I don't think the checker flag JT was supposed to fly on top of that jump. I think they quickly realized <laughs> that they, they need to end this. There was uh, 18 of them stacked up on the first tabletop outside the stadium. I was shocked that they put them out there. I was. I thought it was. Um... Now, a decision maybe they wanted to get back. <laughs> now, <laughs> hold on. I saw Jen Ken at this monster party. She works for the KTM, KJC. Uh-huh. I said, I cannot believe you sent them out there. Why, what, why, are you, why are you doing that? Why did you guys do that? And she goes, no, they were racing. You couldn't tell those parents, and they came all the way to you know, Vegas from all over the place. You couldn't tell them, oh, you just can't race. They all wanted to race. They were stoked to race. We wanted I think you to can race. tell them you can't race. Well, apparently, I think you could. apparently they would have set the pits on fire. 
if you had told him that. <laughs> so, but we. Th- I, I think you had, in that situation, and this is going to sound terrible for whoever would have to say this, but you almost have to protect them from themselves. Like, yeah. hey, <laughs> you know, this is a situation we know very well. This is, mm-hmm. you know, we know Supercross, and this is going to turn out very poorly for everyone involved. So it was, just trust it was, us when, when we say that this is the best decision. I was surprised, Weed. So were you. Yeah, and, uh, it, you know, it had a nice side benefit because simply getting over the jumps was so difficult, it became, like, exciting. I don't think the crowd has ever been more riveted by the KJSC than they were when they came into the stadium. And it's like trying to get over that first jump, say, in the rhythm lane. Crowd was going nuts. It was like uh, watching a mud bog or a truck pull or something like that. He gets to the top. <laughs> and then if he did, it went crazy. Side benefit that the crowd was into it. But honestly, yeah, it doesn't make KTM or the kids uh, look good, right? It doesn't – I guess originally maybe this concept is like, hey, if you got a kid in the stands, he can ride a dirt bike too. Come check out a KTM, get involved with the sport. None of that, I think, would make no. sense. Like, this sport looks great. Kids crying, laying there, carnage, people running everywhere, tears, blood, bikes upside down. <laughs> and then the guy just running out with the checkered flag, like at the nearest jump to get into, and decided to sit. This was the finish. Including, oh, the first, including the first turn, they went four turns, if you include the first turn. Yeah, well, that, that tunnel they had on the sweeper, which is essentially the second turn, that basically claimed the whole field. It was like one of those uh, beach races. That probably have Shane Drew about that, like some sand dune, and there's 800 riders stuck on it. Yeah, uh, it, was, yeah. It, was, it was ugly. Ugly. All right. Uh, they, remember they, uh, they set the track up for them to go around the loops? Yeah. And, and people in the press box were complaining, like, come on, man. Uh, could you imagine if they had had to run? It would have been done. Everybody well, would have stopped. That's another yeah. point to put out. They probably spent 10 minutes – with the dozer to make a lane beside the whoops that they never even had a hope of getting to. No. Like, they, they were so far from getting to those whoops that it was yeah. it would have been it would have been terrible. Just terrible. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a quick commercial break here on the uh, on the RacerX online uh, podcast show, Vegas Supercross wrap up. Listen to this commercial from uh, Racetech. Racetech Pulpomex 16 gets you uh, 10, 10 or fifteen percent off Racetech services. Please get your suspension looked at. Get something done to it. Oil change, spring rate, something. And MichelinMotorcycle.com, they got a brand new tire, Michelin Starcross 5. It's uh, kicking ass and taking names everywhere. And we'll be right back here on the uh, podcast to talk about the 450 class. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, Eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? 
at uh, Racetech. Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is it a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. Whose phone was that right before we went to commercial? Oh, I got a little uh, promo uh, for an Austin Street uh, thing. We got a little, I'm watching a promo right now. It just keeps getting better and better. Oh, wow. I like it. All right. RacerX Online yeah. uh, podcast, uh, Fox Racing, presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. All right. 450 Supercross. Well, uh, JT, your theory about Dunge not being able to ride some mud tracks or ruddy, crappy tracks, although this was a little different. This is obviously different than Indy and Foxborough in New York, but he he was pretty good. Although I think Roxon was faster. I think if Roxon hadn't fallen, but if you know if some butts were candies and nuts, Roxon would have won. Yeah, but. he he rode well. Dungey rode great. I yeah. thought he. I think uh, you know I think he rode really well on a really bad track. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Roxon was was quicker. I agree with you there. I think uh, had Roxon not fallen, which is you know it's completely uh, you know we're just yeah. guessing, yeah. but I, I think Roxon would have pulled away. I do. I do think that, um, but Dungey, you know, I, I think I was a bit wrong on the fact that Dungey was strugg- struggling on that kind of track, but I, I do think Roxon was a bit quicker, but I also think Dungey looked looser all day. He looked mm-hmm. great in practice, uh, and then his heat race, he, you know, won easily, and then in the main event, he was, if he wasn't the fastest guy, he was easily the second, second fastest yeah. guy. Yep. So, uh, I thought he had a great race. I just, uh... I think we all kind of got robbed of a pretty good battle because I don't think Dungey was ready to give up. Right. I think he would have fought back the whole way. We know Dungey can go, you know, 16 or 20 or maybe 60 or 100. Um, and I think he would have given it everything he had to, to stay with or chase Roxon back down. So I think we all got robbed as fans of a, of a pretty good race. What do you think, Weege? 
Yeah, I pretty much agree with all that. And uh, those two crashing in a heap like that, I mean, that was really an exclamation point. I think that's part of the reason you and I at least felt that this season went pretty quickly because although Dungeon had this big points lead, it wasn't one of these boring years where just everybody was hurt and it was just a foregone conclusion what was going to happen, who was going to win every weekend. And the 250 thing was pretty dramatic as well, week to week. So the fact that you had these two guys at full strength uh, still battling like that in the last race of the year, and that was probably their best battle. I mean, they literally crashed into each other. We'd never seen that before with them. Uh, yeah, that was, was pretty, pretty awesome. That was pretty exciting. I, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, props to uh, to both of them. Yeah, I, I agree with GT because I was down on the floor watching it, so you really get a little better idea of how hard guys are going for it. And it was a lot different, Dungy, to me this week than, uh, than uh, last week. Uh, Tomac got Anderson got second. Uh, rode kind of you know by himself a little bit. And Tomac uh, crashed first lap and and he rode well to get third. Although JT, like we talked about, Tomac's new setup, you know, and how it was working, and this is a big test, and we want to see how it works on this kind of dirt. And I agree with all that. I'm not so sure we got our answer, even though he got third. Do you know what I mean? We don't really have our answer. Yeah, it wasn't the track that we were all kind of looking to see. Yeah. Um, you know, the weather just threw all that off. But he, he rode well again. That was the the finish that we kind of expected. The start wasn't there, so we didn't get to really see if he could go with those other two. No, the start was uh, there, and then he fell, didn't he? Well, am I missing Well, something? I'm just saying he yeah, wasn't yeah. in the mix yeah, yeah. to find out if he had right. anything for those two. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait until, until next season to have that question answered. Uh, just, it really doesn't matter. You know, he went three podiums in a row, so he probably doesn't care. No, and no. and Anaheim is seven months away, so yeah. – um, uh, I'm sure there are much bigger fish to fry for him right now than worrying about hard, slick supercross tracks. I talked to somebody uh, from the RCH afterwards, and uh, yeah, his bike was all, Kenny's bike was all beat up. We, did you notice that when you were down there? Or his, I guess his bars were twisted and front end was bent. Yeah, it wasn't anything I could tell, like directly looking at it. But he also right. told me uh, that he hit his nuts pretty bad. I think that's the one difference in the last race of the year. You can be hanging out there trying to win, right? But uh, riding with bent bars and a muddy bike when you're in pain, too dead. Mm-hmm third or something, I'm sure he didn't care. Reed got fourth, and he was jumping similar the note, oh, like, uh, Go ahead. So I just, I just done a similar note, so I want to continue this. Uh, two laps later, I think Moose Gam was in maybe fourth. Uh-huh. He's riding pretty well. He just pulls in the mechanics area. Same thing, bikes all muddy. So I see the coster uh, after the race. I'm like, what happened to Marvin? And he says, I think he gave up. <laughs> <laughs> something happened in the bike, though, right? And then he was just disgusted. Roger was just disgusted because in the mud in Lomo in 79, he never gave yeah. up. Yeah, you don't give up. Something looked yeah. like it happened in the bike because he was throwing his hands up and, and Frankie was kind of didn't know what to do. And I don't know. I, I, I don't have any inside info. I'm just going off of what I was watching on the Jumbotron, but it definitely looked like something was going on because with, with yeah. Marvin's hand gestures and, um, and kind of body language. Uh, Roger, Roger, uh, what, what happened to Marvin? I think he gave up. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, great. Millsaps came back. It was pretty good, and he crashed out, which sucks. But he was good in the whoops and came back pretty fast when it was dry in practice for the one practice that we. Oh, we saw two practices for the seated guys. So yeah, he was, it wasn't bad. Um, and now he's going to Canada. Good luck, Davey. Now the rumor. He good, man. He good. The uh, rumor. Millsap, of course, he told me how hurt he was and how beat up he was and how bad he felt. <laughs> right. And there's no way he could do 20 laps. Yeah. He made sure to get that out there. Honest, as always, but I was surprised how effective. I mean, yeah, head crash, too. JT, you mentioned it on a text yesterday. I mean, those are the conditions he usually really excels in, so who knows? He could have got a podium. Yeah, he won San Fran in the mud, and he might have won another one. He got, the guy can ride, yeah. Um, yeah. 
rumor on the street is Bloss might be on that team for outdoors. Have you heard that, JT? Uh, I don't know for sure. I know they had a big meeting on Saturday. Yeah, yeah and so. they were they were discussing that topic. So Benny, Benny Bloss, I, I don't have an answer for you. Benny Bloss. But, um, what else? Uh, unless but Shorty's he, back, right? Shorty's sh- good to go. Shorty's back, Shorty's back, but, back. Right, but Millsaps is leaving. So the, 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 yeah, three right. bikes will be out there. Um, what else? Barsha got a top ten. Congrats, congrats to JGR. Uh, we had a long talk with uh, Jimmy Button and uh, Jeremy Albrecht Weege uh, over by the Wiener Schnitzel thing after practice and. J-Bone is as usual, too honest self, probably. They're they're bummed. They don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. They're very, very bummed. They're not sure what's happening. They're just hoping that outdoors works out. And honestly, the only thing you have to go on is that they've, this actually happened just last year. Like, it actually worked out exactly. So there's a chance. I mean, the problem is, you know, salaries don't get discussed in public in this sport. But let's just put it this way. We know that Barsha is right up there right up there with some of the highest paid dudes. I don't think he's number one, but he's right up there. So that's why this is a problem. Um, and they can only be so patient. I mean, it's not like they're going to fire him or anything, but they can only be cool for so long. Well, as, <laughs> as you were saying, what's it like signing those checks? I know, right? Uh, don't, don't mind my dog. Somebody rang the doorbell. Um, maybe it's Barsha. Um, why don't they bench him and put Phil on there? Why don't they bench him? Yeah, and that's the program. Uh, How would that go over? Yeah, probably not very good. Hold on a second. Tell my dog to shut up. All right, I'm back. Um, do you th- okay? Let's let's JT does Barsha flip the switch and become? I don't even want to say winning outdoors like he was last year. Does he become a top five guy outdoors? Is this man? I I hope so because I really I like Justin and I just I like the JGR guys too. And this can't be good for anyone right now. The way yeah, but, it's going. Okay, well, tell us what you think, though. <laughs> Do you? Think I don't you, think it does. Yeah, I want it to. That's where yeah. I was going with that. Right. I want it to, but I just I haven't seen anything, anything it's, that would tell me it's going yeah. to. Nothing. It's been rough. Not one, not one lap, not one ride. Right. Other than the first couple laps of the main event, he was he was kind of up there, and then it just went right. sideways again. Um, so I, as much as I wanted to, I just haven't seen anything to to give me any hope yet. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Kennard fell twice, JT, or just once? Uh, he, I want to say twice yeah. uh, because he was moving up, like significantly moving up past past Chad. Um, and then he made a couple mistakes, and Chad got him back. Yeah. But he had a really, really good pace going, and then you know crashes, and then you get muddy, and then you can't hold on, and uh, it gets bad after that. But he ended up seventh, which isn't terrible. Um, I believe eighth, seven, seven or eight, eighth, eighth. right in front of Sealy. Yeah, but um, either way, I, I think it, there were laps in there, and I had, I'd have to look at the lap time chart. But I, I guarantee you, he had some of the fastest laps of the race at you know given times of the race. But you've got to put them all together. Reed was jumping to triple, one of the only guys to do that. That's pretty good. Kennard as well. Yeah, yeah pretty impressive. Uh, got fourth. Uh, him and Baggett were at it at the end. Baggett and I talked to Baggett after the race. I think you did too, each and. Um, Baggett was just like, yeah, he's pretty smart, pretty veteran guy. Because Chad checked up a couple times and just snuck by after Baggett got him. So they were dueling it out pretty good. Tickle was good. Tickle's good in the mud. We we know that. So he was good. Sixth place. Good season high for him. Uh, Weege after the race, unless he got docked two spots for skipping the whoops. <laughs> oh, no. No, he did. Yeah, no, he really did. And that cost him a tie for 10th in the points. Because... He would have tied for Weimer for 10th in the points. But, I mean, there were a lot of 
there were guys struggling in the whoops, but Mike was riding right around them. I'm just, I'm just, I saw it twice. I'm just like, oh, even they're just, just no shame. I'm out later. <laughs> what what level of trumpetiness does the track have to be where they just say, "Yep, you're doing what you got to do, bro"? Where where do we when do we get to that point where they just say you can skip entire sections? Just I don't know. I don't know. Um, Bogle, I didn't realize he was that close for 10th because Bogle only missed 10th by one point. So that's a real dogfight. Yeah, Pike too. Bogle would have had it. Pike was right there too. It was a good battle for 10th. Yeah, Weimer got yeah. it. Which, nice comeback season for Weimer, JT. Like, he had some bad injuries the last few years. Yeah, it was good to see him. I mean, it's hard It's hard not to like Jake. He, you know, such a good guy and had some tough luck lately. So, yeah, I was, you know, nothing against Bogle. I thought yeah, Bogle did, had yeah. an incredibly uh, successful season at times, but it was cool to see Weimer have some success after a, a, you know quite a few oh. years of frustration. Did Bogle crash fourteen times or just sixteen times? Bogle? <laughs> he was yeah, fast, Bogle. Bogle. <laughs> yeah, he well, was fast. I mean, his heat race was impressive. What's that, Weech? You saw why he crashed. He got this taken out by Josh Grant. Like it wasn't his fault. No, but I mean, he fell yeah, a bunch he- after that. Oh yeah, I think it was all fault. But like JT said, once you're down once. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you're in big trouble. But dude, he was—he uh, went off the track, like in the in that sweeper, like the third turn, I guess. And he was way back, and he was closing on all those guys. That was, and with the heat race too. I'm like, man, he's really good in this stuff. And I have no idea how Grant got to him. I mean, he passed Grant. He must have had ten bike lengths on him. But somehow Grant found a way to get back to him close enough to run him down. And then Grant even almost crashed, but didn't. So it was like the getaway car. Like we will not be laying on the ground arguing about this. I'm out of here. <laughs> Could have been more perfect. Yeah. But Vogel was, I think, seventh. So that those steps, he lost seven points overall, which uh, would have been big for tenth. Yeah, how was Bogle's season? What do you think? How was Bogle's rookie I think, season? I think it's good because, uh, it, it, I mean, results-wise, you know, he had a fourth and a couple six. That's not spectacular. He missed some races injury. That's really neither here nor there. All you're trying to do in his situation is just show the potential. And he's young. You, uh, that's uh, spelled Y-U-N-G, young. And uh, mm-hmm. oh, I think he's really helped himself big time. I think he's, yeah. I don't know what the expectations were coming in, but I think he exceeded them, and now he's on the radar for some teams where maybe he wouldn't have been going into this year. Yeah, if you go by A1 to Vegas, the guy improved a ton. I think he's just on the map of like, hmm, this is a guy that we might want to get for yeah. some teams, which I don't know if, if you had asked him before, they might have been like, not sure. I thought it's good. <sighs> yeah. JT, interesting that when you look at Grant's season, his best ride was on the Suzuki at Daytona. He never topped that on the Factory Cowie. Just interesting. Like, a, I don't know if that's the track or the bike or or what. Yeah, wasn't. Uh, he definitely did himself a favor with that Daytona ride. Picking like picking that track too, and kind of knowing that he'd be. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. he he had one shot at it, in my opinion. Like he came out to make an impression, and he did it. And it probably made him, you know, I don't know what he got paid, but I, I would say six figures probably. Um, so good on him. I, you know, I don't think the the rest of the season went how he had planned at all. But mm-hmm. um, for what Cowie had, which was no one on the on their bike, I mean, they got a guy that was at least relevant. He was winning semis and and getting something out of it anyway. So the real question is now is as we go into the outdoors, which is where he is certainly capable of doing damage. You know, what do we expect from him? Yeah, um, I'm Pike didn't make the pain. Pike did just straight up. Yeah, whiskey throttled <laughs> in the semi, and the LCQ was just a bust. Like he said, he hurt he his hand. Lap. He hurt his hand in the heat okay. and, and and struggled with the hand. 
So yeah, that's okay. Fun. Well, before we before we go away from Grant, what do you what do you expect from him this summer? We. Oh well, same as usual. You'll have a couple of motos where you're like, "Holy crap! Look at this guy!" So yeah. I don't know how many that'll be. Three of them, four of them. Some of them at Glen Helen for sure. Uh, if he doesn't get hurt between now and Glen Helen, who knows? He could win a moto there. Mathis, do you want to drop a uh, leopard or cheetah or yeah, zebra? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, cliche in here. Yeah, spots leopard. Yep, Weege's right. All that. Yeah, all that. Millville, Redbud, Glen Helen. Watch out. The rest of them. Yeah. He is what he is, right? Which is, but honestly, for a second spot, that's fine. Don't get that's hurt. What you're yeah. supposed to do. Yeah, you're, stay not, on, you're not in this to win a title, right? Stay on the track, uh, get in the top ten. Um, please make all the autograph signings, and yeah, call it a day. Yep. Um, yep. I'm surprised that Brayton got seventh. He didn't look very good, but good job on JB to uh, get into seventh place. He looked like he struggles in the mud. I don't remember him being a great mud rider, but uh, good job by him to get seventh. Yes, there were moments in the heat and, and a semi where you told me to look away. I did. You told me. <laughs> you don't remind me to see my hero at that. I mean, the heat race, he was going to the roofs in the heat race, and I was like, that's KJSC level. As we now found out, no, it's not, because they couldn't even get to the roofs, <laughs> yeah. let alone get through them. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just look away. Don't yeah. look at the roofs right don't, now. Don't, going don't, there. don't look. But, uh, yeah. No, he did pretty good. And when I saw the results, I was shocked. I mean, we were I was worried. We were thinking he might not make the main and he ended well, up finishing seventh. He came around uh hold on, let me see. He came around twentieth place after lap one. He was twentieth place wow. after lap one, so all the way to seventh. Good job. Wow. Yeah. And he'd crash yeah. in he'd crash in practice and, and uh uh pretty was it he was maybe if he'd even race, huh, J T. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to race. Yeah, um, so seventh place. It didn't it didn't shock me to race, but I was kind of like, eh, he could probably probably set this one out. He wasn't feeling all that great after his crash, and I think that was what you saw uh, in the first that he raced in the semi. He was just like, man, I don't even know if I should can keep going. Um, and then he started to feel a little better in the LCQ, and then the main event he felt even better. So, uh, I'm sorry, in the uh, in the main event mm-hmm. he started feeling yeah. better. So, yeah, seventh is a good on paper. It was just I think it was a very rough and tumble night for him overall. And Freeze looked like he was struggling. I don't know how Vince got 13th. He, his feet were, I just, I'm like, wow. He, you know, Vince is not a very good mud rider. And then you look at the results, he got 13th. I mean, he should have had 14th with Alessi getting docked, but. Can we talk about those guys getting lapped? Like, why are they racing with dudes? It's been, and why are we picking on them? Or are we picking on them? Are we picking on those guys because they're the MCR and it's Vince and Mike and we like to laugh about hot tubs and all that, and I get it. But it does really seem like, JT, those two guys aren't really into know what to do when they get lapped. It's kind of amazing. Hasn't been good lately. But, uh, like, but, are we, good. but are we picking on them? Are we just not missing other guys doing the same thing? Do you know what I mean? Because why are the two teammates – Doing the it's same not thing. just them. It's not just them. You know, uh, Ken Roxon was calling out Josh Grant by name uh, in, on the podium. In, yeah, so yeah. it's not just them. Right. Uh, but they have been doing it consistently. So uh, I do think that we need to be careful about not just picking on them because of all the other things that go on over there. But they're certainly guilty of, of this. You know, just because we're – I think it goes both ways. We don't want to pick on them or, or come off as picking on them, but we can't just – you completely turn a blind eye because we don't want to be accused of picking on them. 
right? So yeah, we each, do, do, wherever the wherever the balance is of that of pointing out that this is actually that this really is happening that they need to get out of the way uh, without coming off as you know singling them out somewhere in there is where where I would want to land. Weege, what do you think? Did you happen to notice? Well, I think Dungey almost had the first ever execution of a block pass on a lap rider. I don't think I've ever seen a lap rider get block pass. <laughs> but he practically had to do that to freeze the I know it's a little worse than these mud races because, you know, there's generally one groove on a mud track, so maybe it's a little bit harder uh, to get out of the way. But I think a couple things work against him. A, Freezy and Alessi end up being in similar spots, like kind of around each other on the track. So you're getting both of them quite often. And then they have the white bikes and the identical gear, and they kind of stick out more than just the random privateer who might also be lapped. And the rep isn't good. It's just a lot of things uh, at yeah. once. But it does seem like, I mean, Foxborough, uh, a rider texted you something hilarious about how scary it would be to come upon them while leading a race. And then hilariously, like, it kept happening, I guess, three weeks in a row. Like, that text completely flashed back before my mind when I saw Dungey have a new block pass for easy to get him out of the way. Yeah, I mean, again, like, yeah, maybe it's the white and bikes. Or, I don't want to seem like we're picking on them, but, God, they, they're, like, racing with the leaders, both of them, it both guys. That way. Yeah. Maybe it's Tony's master plan to, like, try to learn. Race with them. Learn their lines. Get with them. You'll get faster. I don't know. I'm just like, I know that when you talk to other guys, they're like, oh, those dudes, you know? It's not, it's not us. It's other riders that have to lap them that are just going, what are these guys doing? So. Hey, Mike made it very easy for people to get around him in the boots. He really yeah. tried as best he could. Just clear the way. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, before we wrap this up, I should have prepped you guys for this question. It just kind of came to me. But 17 rounds of Supercross come and gone. Uh, 450 class. What's the surprise of the season? What's the surprise in the 450 class uh, after 17 rounds? Let me start. I didn't think Dungey'd be this good. He walked to this title. Tomac, Roxon, Anderson, Chad—they gave it to him. They—they they, didn't give it to him. Ryan earned it. But it, you know, I, I picked Dungey, Mookie, Webb for titles, and yay for me or whatever. Who cares? But um, so Dungey was the favorite to me. But I was really surprised after 17 rounds. Dungey walked to this thing. He had. Uh, 48 points or 46 points after round eight on everybody else. Now, I don't know if that's an indictment on the other dudes or praise for Dungey, but that's my surprise was how easily, I'm sure Dungey wouldn't tell you it was easy, but how easily Dungey walked to this title. Uh, what say you, Weege? What was your biggest surprise? Yeah, I think I'm with you on that because even though Dunge did dominate last year, a lot of guys got hurt. And I'm not saying he wouldn't have won the title, because I believe he would anyway. But you still had, in the back of your mind, that bizarre what-if of, Watson won two of the first three, and then he hurt his ankle. Like, what mm-hmm. if? Like, Kenny's healthy this time. Well, he was. He was healthy. He just wasn't as good. I mean, he was good a few times, but a 48-point lead after eight races, neither guy getting hurt. And that's not even to say, I don't even want to specifically – pick on Kenny here because he was better than everybody else. He yeah. still got second. No. I mean, Tomac, there's no way, there's no way anybody expected Tomac to be racking up seventh place finishes week in and week out, um, even with some of the things he had stacked against him. So I don't know how you want to play it because of the disappointment of so many other guys to, yeah, uh, like to, I said, I don't to know not if, be able to challenge him. Yeah. I don't know but, if it's an uh, indictment it, on the other dudes or a praising Dungey, but, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Dunge only because 
for the first time ever, I feel, even compared to last year, there were some things that I saw him doing on the track and some moments where I was like, good Lord, this guy's going fast. Good yeah. Lord, this guy's good. And I feel like for Dunge, for all the praise he's had and all the success he's had, we never really saw those types of things, those eye-test eye moments that you like to call them. And I saw a lot of them this year, which to me, I'm like, okay, this guy is really something special. Just give him the credit. JT? My biggest surprise would be that Trey Kennard got zero podiums. Yeah, it's not, a, not a bad one either. <laughs> if you had gone to Vegas here and said, hey, Trey Kennard's going to race 15 out of 17 races, and he will not get on the box one time. I would like to put some money on that. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my biggest surprise. Yep. You guys make great points as well. I just feel like that, as you said, everyone would have thought he would got on the podium at least once, and maybe it wins. But look, come on, podiums, come on, right? Like, yeah, I mean, um, I think that's a given. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, really? Is this Chad's worst points finish? I think he did. He get fifth or sixth? Sixth, I think. Uh, fifth, fifth, did he fifth. Get fifth? In the okay. Is this Chad's worst points finish since without injury? I would think so, right? Oh. What? Oh, I was about to say, what are you kidding me? He had years where he only raced six races. No, without, oh, without, without, outside of those yeah, years. Yes, yeah. outside of the injuries. Yeah, like full season, Chad Reed, fifth place. Right? It is. Well, 12, he missed uh, uh, one race. I think that might have been worse. It just wasn't a good year overall. He made all the rounds. Uh, I'll have to look at the numbers on that. Hold on, 12, 12 when he was on the first year of his team? There was 11 no, the first year. The new Honda, which did not work well for him at all. Still had some knee problems on the 11. I got it right here, bud. Uh, it finished. No, he as the 12, he got hurt at Dallas. Yeah, he only missed one race. I mean, it wasn't a. No, no, he destroyed his knee. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking 13. You're right. You're back. 13, he got hurt at San Diego. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Now I got to do that. So, okay. Well, my question is like, uh, he wants to race next year. He, you know, he's going to work on it. He's not tied to Yamaha. Surprisingly enough, everyone kind of thinks he's. Just going to go back there, but he really isn't. Uh, you're right, Weech. You're right. He got he missed one race, and he got fifth in the points. So this year was worse, though, because he didn't miss any races, technically. Uh, can he still ride? Can he still race? Should he still race? Do, do you want to see him go out? Do you want to see him pack it in? Uh, I'm all for it, um, and I'll go back to you. This is this is why. One, one story right here. So I'm just cruising the pits in uh, – East Rutherford last weekend, and I'm walking past the star tent, and I see these, like, three Jim Tan laundry guys from the Jersey Shore show who, like, barely know anything about Supercross at all, and they're just checking it out. And they just don't fit. And they walk past the star tent. They see a number six bike of Jeremy Martin, no connection to Chad Reed at all except the color of it. And they're like, check it out. It's Chad Reed, yo, the legend. And the buddy's like, who's that? And he's like, he's a legend, man. He's like... He's like the all-timer, and he's still out here. There he is, and it's Jeremy Martin's bike, the clueless. But the point is, that's like the only rider they've heard of. And he's not embarrassing himself. I mean, he just got fourth. He's not getting lapped. He's not barely qualifying for mains. I think – I wish that other dudes could go out this way. Uh, we know that whenever Dungey calls it, he's not going to call it five years from now getting seventh and six in the points. He's going to either be winning races or retired, just like RV, just like Carmichael, I'm sure that's the way Stewart planned it. It just completely went sideways. Mm -hmm. I think it's awesome for guys like Chad to be out there. He's not embarrassing himself. Do you think anyone, when he gets seventh, is like, this dude sucks, hang it up. It's awesome to have him out there. Maybe Ellie, but. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And, you know, that's part of it. Part of the reason he can keep doing this is because I'm sure he still thinks he's going to win, which has always been his strength. 
But I, there's nothing wrong with the way he's riding, and I'm sure he can get another year or two at this level and not embarrass himself. He's he not in LTQs or anything. Yeah. No, JT, you you with us on that? I, I think it's it's fine. All right, fifth place. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with it. I mean, he got podium finishes. He got fifth in the points. Yeah. I mean, that's you just make those two statements right there, and you're like, well, you're still relevant. Yeah. Period. I mean, there's nothing else that you need to even say. You know, I think it's fine. Okay. He thinks his bike works so much better on the West Coast dirt. Do you think there's really anything to that, or is he just being weird, JT? I think he's. I think he's right. I yeah. think. Uh, and if you look at the results. You know, you could make the argument that maybe one thing is leading to another. You know, his mental outlook is leading to his finish, but uh, his finishes would back that up. He definitely struggled. Yeah, no, I know. Softer. Yeah, so. I wonder what the deal is with that. Uh, just chassis. I think uh, he doesn't feel that the, the bike works so well and, and under load, and I think it, you know, yep. it's just the, every bike has its own characteristics, and that's, you know, it seems to work yep. better in that condition for him. All right. Um, anything else? So we're we're all in favor of Chad racing. We're bigger surprise is Dungey and how good he was, and Trey Kennard not making a podium. We all think Cooper Webb and Mookie will not do the outdoors. We we all think Tim Ferry was maybe the greatest rider ever that never won a title, mm. a big bike title. Uh, one of us thought Stu was definitely winning a race this year. Like just <laughs> not even stamp it. Like seal the envelope or no. just maybe handle it. Didn't even need a stamp. Like deliver it no. first, knock on their door, and give them no. the letter. Bro, I'm so exonerated from that because I said without injury. With if he if he does all the races and doesn't have an injury, like I'm I'm free and clear of that. I I can sleep well at night. He got in knocked out. I don't think out, you're allowed I, to put that. You can't put that rider in the contract. I don't think it's allowed. He he got knocked because out at a one, bro. Otherwise, it would have rained yellow. All year long on oh. all of these dudes. Mm, yep. He looked ready. He did look ready. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. God, this stew <laughs> thing is going to be fascinating. Like, it, and are we doing outdoor preview pods? Because we can deal with it then, or should we deal with it now? Oh, I think we have to. Yeah, I think we have to. We have to do some preview shows, yeah. Okay, well, then hey. we'll, we'll deal with stew then. But it's, yeah. By the way, because stew is such a magnet for controversy, most of the time he's not even trying to get into. Like, he's just getting lapped, and then, of course, just ignites this flame that just follows him everywhere he goes. So do you realize the heat he's getting because he went down to congratulate Malcolm and went on the podium with him and he was not wearing a Suzuki shirt? Who's getting so, heat? Who, who's giving him heat? What do you mean? I get a text from someone who I consider very knowledgeable yesterday. It says, Stu's done with Suzuki? And I'm like, huh? Oh, he's like, he's wasn't wearing Suzuki. And then apparently that's not a vital, a big thing. Why is he not wearing Suzuki colors? He, he's wearing a seven shirt, Red Bull hat. Well, he's a free agent. He can't. People, he can't wear a Suzuki shirt in Malcolm's championship photo. That's ridiculous. He's trying to do the right thing. Oh, these people. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, exactly. I saw he him wearing... stand up there. I saw, a Suzuki shirt. I saw him wearing a Geico Honda number one shirt, you know, like a championship shirt. Like, are we... Yeah, are we saying he's going to Geico next year? Like, God. I mean, I heard this from, uh, again, someone I usually respect their opinion. I was like, are you serious? And then that's what I heard. Like, my God, Chase said, oh, you should be vital. They're thinking this is proof. He's done with Suzuki. Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> so bad. It's poor Stu. Can't even celebrate his brother's if title. Worn, if he had worn a Suzuki shirt or hat, then they would have said, how disrespectful to wear a Suzuki shirt on a podium for a Honda title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor Stu. Yeah, no, it would have been over for Dunge and everybody. Had we got, had we right. not been knocked out in round one by dirty, Maybe that's why did it. by dirty Dungey, exactly. Ryan knew he knew. 
Checkmate. He, he knew this new stew, the new stew, the bulkier stew, stronger <laughs> stew, would be a major factor and went for his went for his head. And good job, Ryan. Yeah, Car- Carlos probably told him, you need to take him out and take him out now. <laughs> Drop End him. End this. Like, is there, oh, what was in Karate Kid? What did they say in Karate Kid? What was sweep this? the leg. <laughs> sweep the leg. It's exactly what Carlos and Dunge knew. They knew. Sweep the head. Yeah, so. All right, is there anybody I should sound the panic button for? Uh, 450 Supercross? Let's do. <laughs> I never even thought of when I asked that question. Barsha? <laughs> Barsha or Stu? <laughs> just yeah, both. Mount the panic button there. Yeah, yeah. Barsha's pretty close. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll do some 450 and 250 motocross uh, season previews coming up. I gotta go. Donk's at my door. There's a donk at my door. <laughs> so. Uh, Good luck with that. Yeah. RacerX Online podcast. Uh, Las Vegas wrap up. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Uh, thanks, guys, and uh, talk soon. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. 
stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 